When running a business, your employees can create all kinds of interesting situations, like getting complaints because someone on the team always smells horrible. You better talk to Bambi. With Bambi, get access to your own dedicated HR manager starting at just $99 per month. They're available by phone, email, and real-time chat, so onboarding and terminations run smoothly. Team members reach peak performance, and your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations. And with Bambi's HR Autopilot, you'll automate important HR practices like setting policies, training, and feedback. Bambi's U.S.-based personnel are dedicated to your business, giving you access to the HR expertise and personal touch you need. HR managers can easily cost $80,000 per year, but Bambi starts at $99 per month. Schedule your free conversation today to see how much Bambi can take off your plate. Visit Bambi.com slash C-Suite right now. Spelled B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash C-Suite. Bambi.com slash C-Suite. Welcome to the Family Brain with your host, Megan Gibson. The well-being of one person in a family affects the whole family system. This is a supportive community to share research, resources, stories, tips, and life hacks to keep the family brain healthy. Welcome to the Family Brain. Today, I will be talking with Bob Goff. Bob Goff is so hard to introduce because he is just a fun mixture of things. He is an awesome author. He's written two books, Love Does, and Everybody Always is his most recent book. And actually, I just heard he's coming out with his daughter with a children's book, uh, Love Does for Kids, which I'm super excited about. But Bob is just amazing. He has a lot of energy and you would, if you ever get the chance to hear him speak live, it's a lot of fun. Um, He's also a diplomat and the honorary consul for the Republic of Uganda. He is an attorney and he has an organization called Love Does and he does all kinds of um, gatherings with people to help people love other people better basically. And often these meetings, just to add to the story, often these meetings are held at Disneyland on Tom Sawyer Island. So if this doesn't seem to make that much sense to you or piece together well, um, listening to Bob talk might help you get a better picture, but really Bob is quite unique. And it part of why I wanted to talk to him is when I went through a hard time, I had a friend die tragically he just showed up because he knew, and I didn't know him, and he just showed up because he knew there were a group of people who were mourning and that that my friend who had passed away loved him. Um, we actually were talking about her funeral and we were saying how, what a beautiful tribute it was, but the only thing they forgot to mention was how much she loves Bob Goff. And he got word about that through a mutual friend and just showed up just to be with people who were hurting and if he could give any kind of comfort, he wanted to be there for that. And he often talks about himself as he likes to be the most available person in the room. In the back of his books, it has his email address and his cell phone number if you would like to call him. And he actually writes back. So if all of this is just baffling your mind, uh, you will get a better sense of Bob once I talk with him. And the main reason, outside of Bob just being cool, is that I wanted him to talk a little bit about faith and his journey 
in faith and what is remarkable and what you see when you see Bob talking to other people or speaking and hear the way people are drawn to him that maybe don't have faith or who, who have felt excluded from believing in God or feeling like they kind of weren't invited to the party, so to speak. And people just tend to seem very safe with him. He creates a welcoming environment where he wants all people to feel included in the faith journey. And I think he has some things to share with all of us about how we can love one another better and show up for our friends, our family, our neighbors, and just not only grow our own faith, but show up for others better. And I hope you enjoy this episode. I can't wait to talk to Bob. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. And one of the things that I'm really curious to hear from you and really want my listeners to hear from you is that they're not excluded from a faith journey. And I think that there are a lot of people, myself included at times where I have felt like maybe faith isn't for me, you know, or maybe I don't fit into this mold or that group. And I feel like you do a amazing job of making everyone feel included and everybody welcome at the table. And I'm just wondering what, for people who don't know you, I mean, you have amazing books and I will put links to those, but for people who don't know you, what do you think is sort of your, your secret sauce that you, what you're providing people that they maybe haven't heard before that maybe makes them think, okay, faith could be for me. Yeah. I, uh, I've gotten invited quite a few places that when I arrived there, I didn't feel welcome. <laughs> Does that ever happen to you? Or somebody says, come on over. And then you get there and you go like, oh, oh, I didn't realize they were just being polite. They right. didn't actually want me to be there. They're not like against me being there, but they didn't expect that I'd actually come. Right. Uh, it's one of those uh, let's do lunch things when you actually don't think the person's going to actually do lunch with you. But it's a nice way of saying you're nice enough to do lunch with. Well, I'm not going to, but. I'm going to ask as if I was actually going to do it. And I just felt welcomed by some people, and it changed everything for me. And uh, I think that happens whether it's, you know, a bowling team. <laughs> that uh, You just feel like it, you, I would never wear one of those jackets that says, you know, the kingpins or something. Right. But if they were really welcoming, I'd want to put the stupid jacket on. I think the same thing holds true we have in faith communities. Sometimes what happens is that we'll put up these invisible walls. We'll have these things that, well, we invite people when they arrive. They actually don't feel welcome because they don't use the language that's being used there. They don't express themselves differently. So everything in my character, I think, is pointed towards the person that works like at the tire store, the woman or man that just doesn't have anything to do with faith because I'm the guy at the tire store. <laughs> like I didn't grow up in a church and I've just kind of, I don't reject the language with militancy, but I just want people to understand what I'm saying. And so uh, when somebody just, uh, you know, if you say, how you doing? And you say, I just want to praise the Lord. I'd be like, what does that even mean? <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping to have a nice day or hoping other people. So I'm not critical of that, uh, but I think there's just so many words out there to choose from. We need to reach a little higher up on the shelf 
and uh, use words and just speak in plain language. And that's the first step in getting people to feel not just invited, but welcomed to not use a bunch of words that are foreign to them. Um, and it's, somebody asked me once if I was watering down the gospel, and I'm like, oh, I hope so, because I just want to make it for people that are thirsty. Yes. Uh, um, the people that are actually uh, trying to have people swallow ice cubes, that actually doesn't work out that great. Right. It's not as satisfying as one might think. So one of the things that I think we I endeavor to do in books and all that, even though faith is really big for me, I don't put Bible verses in books because, again, the guy at the tire store may or may not identify with that. Just say true things. And I think that's a, a beautiful premise for all of our lives, to say things you know are true. And the things that you're just guessing about, tell people. I'm just guessing about this. It's an informed guess, but I'm just guessing about that. And the crazy part is that people will then trust what you have to say. I have a friend who is the voice of Disney. Isn't that a great job? That is a very good uh, and job. And he has a business card, and it says, people believe what I tell them. I just thought, that is so beautiful. I think if in our uh, faith communities, the reason that some people steer clear is they don't believe what we tell them. Because we're saying one thing from up in front and then doing something different back behind the pulpit, and I guess I just, uh, rather than uh, being critical of those people, I just want for myself, uh, this Tolstoy's birthday was yesterday, and a famous quote is, everybody wants to change the world, but nobody wants to change themselves, and so I'm always constantly thinking, how do I change? Who's new Bob? How do I morph into a more humble, a little bit more compassionate guy? What are some risks that I could take um, uh, relationally or uh, in reaching out to somebody that's in a, a tough circumstance. And and that's where, like, it, just trying to work on my own character rather than work on everybody else's character. Because yep. <laughs> that'll get exhausting, yes. trying to get everybody else tuned up. Because, number one, it won't work. And, number two, you'll be frustrated. Right. And so to just uh, assume that God might be doing something different in their life, obviously, than he's doing in your life. If you want to have a radish, that takes 20 days. If you want to have a pair, that takes seven years. So they both start with a seed. It's just like one's different. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. So, and I think that's really true of you. I think your your humility, and that's one of the things I'm enjoying about doing this podcast is just in talking to people from all different places, all different backgrounds. It's very humbling of how little I actually know. You know what I mean? But it's also exciting because how fun to keep learning new things. And so I think oh, I yeah. came into this thinking, well, I know a lot of things. So I'm going to, you know, get other people who know a lot of things on. And it's it's just, it's fun to recognize that we don't really know as much as we think we know, but that's awesome and exciting. Yeah, part of that is just being curious about everything. Mm -hmm. the, most, the people that have shaped my life the most were number one, available to me. They weren't just like uh, my teachers. They were actually available to me. And number two, there were people that tended to be curious about everything. Uh, I was in Houston yesterday, and there's this big lightning uh, thunderstorm that came through and gigantic raindrops the size of water balloons. And uh, because I'm a seven on the Enneagram, I just ran out into the middle of the rain. I know how to dry a shirt. Um, so, but I wanted to actually like experience, I haven't seen water drops that big before. And then there's this huge clap of uh, lightning and thunder and 
I had, you know, some rubber sneakers on, so I didn't know if that would help or not. But one of the things I did when I got inside is I was wondering, I wonder what makes the noise, you know, like the big clap of thunder. And what it is, is these, you know, positively, negatively charged ions from all the ice ricocheting off of each other. They arc to the ground, and it makes a thing that they call a channel. And the chat never thought about his channeling before, but like it makes this channel that's the bright thing that's 23,000 times uh, brighter than the sun. And, uh, and when it collapses, that makes the sound. So I just think, what does that have to do with your faith or your life? I'd say everything. I just want people that don't just watch the lightning. They're curious about what makes the thunder. Yes. Yeah. I so love I that. Just, I think that in other people's lives. Yeah, so uh, that would be a great T-shirt. Why don't you make that? Like, don't watch the lightning. Here, be curious about what makes the thunder. Okay. And, uh, and there's something you could retire. Uh, I'm going to put your name on it too. Am I going to get no, you know sued yeah. after that? Yeah. No, <laughs> no. Just watch it. We'll make that a tweet here in a little bit. Okay. Don't just watch the lightning. Like, uh, figure out the thunder. I love and it. One of the things that uh, curious people tend to do is write down things that make sense to them. So I'm writing down things constantly. And uh, and I think a lot of love and acceptance comes from being so curious about others' people's stuff that you get outside your own head. Yes. You get outside all of your own opinions about it, no. everything. I totally agree. And that's what, again, what's neat about this podcast, from my point of view, is just the thread of similarity between everybody's different stories. Everybody's so different, so unique. But there's this thread that just ties us all together. And I wanted to see if you could just talk a little bit about that, just about, I rem well, so you were one of the motivating people for me to start this podcast because you had a conversation with me and one of my friends and asked if we felt known. And yeah, we, we I remember sitting in the car together. I know, I know. And in, in that moment, I mean, I'm sitting with one of my closest friends and, and both of us were kind of like, no, not really. You know, we, we could probably feel no, known more. And then I just thought, how many people are out there sort of feeling lonely who don't have close friends like this one? And I guess I'm just wondering what what you what your mission in Everybody Always and in Love Does in bringing people together and helping people feel more connected. Yeah, so uh, Love Does was like, let's get a puppy. And then Everybody Always was, let's raise the puppy. Yeah. So I owed these guys another book, the publisher. And I was five years late. Is that crazy? Like, that's like actually five years and a couple days late. But I just didn't have anything to say. And then I noticed that everybody was just so on edge. And I started thinking to myself, how do you love the people who creep you out? Like, I realized that I'd been avoiding all the people Jesus spent his life engaging. And I thought, well, what can I do to engage people? So what I've been doing is just trying to, uh, like, just be curious about things. And when you read, for instance, like the uh, Taliban, uh, most people uh, know they won't let little girls uh, over eight learn how to read and write uh, because they're girls. And I'm just, uh, I, I'm not critical of, you know, and, uh, somebody's religious views, but there's no way we're going to just say an entire generation of women cannot learn. And so um, I started going back to Afghanistan and I just started, that's a great way to meet people, go there. And rounding up, I knew a total of nobody. Like, oh, oh my gosh. Isn't that crazy? With your so, big backpack? Kabul is the most dangerous city on earth right now because everybody 
is just it's a just a place that's on edge. And so now we're actually going back in a couple of weeks, and we've got a hundred leaders coming together to meet to talk about some of these things about life and leadership and peace and. And, that, and it all comes from just going once and meeting some people and saying, hey, what do you think about, and then just get this idea. You don't need to be, uh, you know, Colin Powell to, uh, to make a difference. I think what I see over and over in the scriptures is that God used a bunch of fishermen that never got the nets on the right side of the boat. Yeah. <laughs> like a 50-50 chance, he's like, put them on the other side. So... Like just to start, be curious. And then I don't know how this will turn out. I assume terrific. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? But one of the things is this idea of curiosity overcoming your fears. Like, so just be so curious about what might happen that you're not scared off by all the things that probably aren't going to happen. And that's what happens. People don't actually engage their life. That's why they don't make it over to Tom Sawyer Island. They look at Tom Sawyer Island when they're at Disneyland, but they don't take the raft over to it. And it's not because they're against it. It's just like it feels remote, and it's actually just about 100 feet away. But I think we're about 100 feet away from, you know, our best self. Uh, so what, what I think you ought to do is just take the risks that are appropriate to you. I love that. And how can we support the people in our lives better in doing that? What, how, do, how can we better show up for our friends and family, neighbors, and, and help people feel that kind of safety? What, what do, yeah, what do you... I, two things come to mind. One is this like returning to a childlike faith. Because we've got a bunch of people uh, that are telling us what words mean in Hebrew and, like, and speaking in really uh, general lofty terms about things using monster words that nobody knows or using a bunch of religious terms that nobody knows what they mean anymore. And so what I would do is just say really curious, really connected, uh, and then uh, take the next step. Like to just don't figure out all the steps, but just take the next step. I'm like, a, I, I'm at show and tell. When I was at elementary school, you used to bring things in. Did they do that at your elementary school? They did. I don't think they do it yeah. anymore with my kids. I think they're afraid of what they'll bring in. But yes, they used to do that with me. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can imagine it's a weapon. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that uh, I am still a holdover from, I just love having like things that I could talk about that very rarely speak somewhere where I don't have something. There's this thing; it's called a Hoberman sphere, but most people just know it is that thing that starts really small and then you expand out like it's a ball the size it's like three feet uh, and then it collapses down into it looks like a star okay so this hoberman sphere like i've just been thinking with sweet maria about the difference between making like big things out of little things or making little things out of really big things and neither one of those serves us very well i'll give you an example um, I've got some little picadillos. Uh, do you have any little picadillos, like some weird stuff that like like bugs you, your mm -hmm. husband squeezes? Oh, yes. I didn't you. know that that's what it was called. But yes, I have many. Yeah. I have many picadillos. Yeah. Yes. So tell me, tell me one of them. <laughs> oh, um, I don't really enjoy people whistling. Bingo. Oh, I'm so with you. That's why Bose has made a killing yeah. on noise-canceling headphones. Yeah. Just because they're usually not that good, and if they are that good, then they're sounding like a robin, and it's right. just irritating. And usually, so, the worst whistlers are the ones who think they're really awesome at it, you know. Yeah, and so they're, they're just, just like little 
traveler yes. thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like toothpicks. And uh, I recall uh, growing up and one of my family members always had like when I was like a kid, they had a toothpick in their mouth all the time. And I had this uh, irrational fear that a piece of beef is going to come flying out and hit me in the forehead. And now it's never happened, but I had this irrational fear. So in Uganda, where I spent a lot of time, every single table, everywhere has toothpicks. And it's like, so I always just lie and say, look, it's the president. When everybody's looking, I ditch the toothpicks because it just worked me out. I have a friend who doesn't like mixed vegetables because they're mixed. Okay. So first thing that this friend does, sort them out by group. Is that crazy? So he gets all the cauliflower together and the carrots together. <laughs> I just think that's awesome. So that is awesome. What, uh, that would be an example of taking something really small, a toothpick. Uh, mixed vegetables, uh, you know, crunching ice, whistling, and having it turn into a great big distraction in your life. And if you could keep the small things small, and the things that are really big, don't make those small, like feeling lonely, even though you're in a relationship, you could feel totally isolated. That's actually a really big thing, and it can create a lot of problems. So let's not make a small thing out of it. Let's keep the big things big things, and the small things small things. But what gets confused so we make small things out of the big things. We say, nah, it's no big deal. I'm fine. I'm doing, oh, no, we're doing great. Um, or you make something gigantic out of something small. It's a toothpick. No. You're totally distracted. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think we're just to find the right shelf for things in our life. And it all comes from this sense of authenticity. Just knowing yourself and knowing, you know, Bob, that's a really small thing. Don't let it become a really big thing. Um, but really big things, like uh, people that govern us or whatever your thing is, just figure out, is that a small thing or a big thing? And then uh, act accordingly. Uh, so I think that's the way to go. So uh, these young girls in Afghanistan, that's not a big thing for everybody, nor does it need to be. But it's a big thing for me. Uh, yeah, it's not a better thing. It's just a different thing. than somebody else's big thing. And so... Having the presence of mind to just say, man, good on you for your big thing that you're going after. Uh, but you don't need to minimize other people's big things to say, to make mine still the big thing. Just go like, I don't need to minimize it. That like all the things that people are doing. I don't think God's dazzled when we go across an ocean. I think he's wowed when we go across the street. Mm -hmm. Like that's what you and your friends are demonstrating. That's why you're doing this podcast. Yes. Just loving your neighbors. And what's interesting is I think sometimes the people that disagree with us about the big things are the people we have the hardest time loving. You have any yes. suggestions for that when say there's a, 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 something that you care a lot about? Politics is a big one these days, but just how, how do we then love the people that aren't on the same page with us with big things? I think I would uh, not try to base our relationship on the one thing that we disagree about. <laughs> Instead of having a rocky relationship, it's because you, the relationship is formed around the one thing that you don't have a lot in common, but you could find some other things. The things that people have in common are love, and purpose, and acceptance, and a couple authentic relationships. Uh, I didn't read it in a book. I just am self-aware. Right. Like It's just like what we have is a need to be loved, to receive and give love. And uh, to connect with people, like not to live in isolation. That's why that movie Martian was so captivating, because he was all alone mm -hmm. on Mars.
members till soul 800. And then uh, this purpose of purpose, you know, that you would be purposeful, uh, whether it's loving your family or loving your neighbors or loving you know why you're doing what you're doing. Uh, and then some authentic relationships, the kinds that you're trying to uh, uh, instill in people by having these kinds of conversations. You don't want to just have somebody tell you what CNN's been saying. Uh, what you want to have people talk about is the reason why they are doing what they're doing. Um, and it'll cause other people to ask the same thing. I think there's, if we uh, could raise our children, asking them more about who you want to be than what you want to do, mm. that would be an example of being really purposeful. Tell me the character, the character traits you'd like to develop in your life. They say, well, I want to be a scientist. That actually isn't a character trait. That's a day job. Tell me about your character. Tell me about the man or woman you want to be. And it's just a quarter of a little twist. Uh, on the conversation, but it's an important quarter twist. And so that would be a mom or dad or grandma or grandpa being super purposeful in why they're asking those questions. I love that. I'm going to do that with my kids tonight. I actually would love to get something like a list to hang in the room of what the things and put it in a frame, you know, like that these are the characters yes. that I'm going to do that. mood rings on Amazon for $1.25. And then just put them on their fingers, and when they turn whatever color they turn, say, tell me what that uh, color means. And what you're doing is you're getting past the, how was your day at school? Great. Right. Did you do your homework? Great. That's all transactional. But you say, why is it purple today? What does Ooh, that mean? That is and so say, fun. Like, I like that. Well, what's, what's green mean today? Yeah. And there isn't it like a color that means this. It just It is whatever it is. You can put them in the freezer in advance if you want to change the color, but just but say, tell me why does it read that if you were de going to describe what blue means, what would that mean to you? And it's just such an authentic conversation you'd have. Yes. You transcend all the everything's great. And you talk about a best friend who said something mean to somebody else. And they got back to your son or daughter. And, uh, and so that would be now we got a ball game because we're talking about how people feel, not what people do. That is awesome. Bob, you don't have a podcast, do you? No. I would love, I want to listen to you more often. I would. Hello. I think we need to put that on the, the to-do list. Quit something else and then put that on the to-do. Because it, it, you just have so many good good things to share. I have one last question if I can squeeze it in. I'm just curious. I'm not even going to let you say no. I'm just curious um, what you do for your own self-care. Like you're out helping all, every, all, all kinds of other people, being available to other people. What do you do to make sure you're taking care of yourself? Yeah, one of the, I have a couple of practices, routines, habits, you could call them rituals, whatever they are, but the stuff that I do constantly. So a day like today, I'll wake up early. And uh, some people in our faith communities describe these things as quiet times, but mine are really loud. Mine like aren't quiet at all. What I'll do is I'll be thinking about like lightning thunder and what makes that happen and and i'm not trying to scrape for a, a new sermon to give somebody i'm just curious about it then i'll make sure i'm responding to everybody's reached out to me i get about two or three hundred emails a day oh my so gosh. i just know how much of a boss it made me feel when somebody who lived down by you keith green wrote to me i wrote to him in college and he wrote back three sentences and uh, I don't even know what the three sentences were, but I felt like such a boss that he took time to write me three sentences. So each of these hundreds of emails, I just write back 
three sentences to them, sometimes four, sometimes five, but I just write to each person because it's just a great way to honor the people around you um, and to be available in a different way. And then I take everything I'm thinking about and I organize it uh, into my thoughts for the day. So I would literally, I have uh, the thoughts for today aren't like prepared notes. I was just thinking about uh, the difference between uh, work on your character, not on your career. Mm. Um, I talked about, I found the first selfie ever taken. I found a photograph of that just because I was curious. And then I was thinking about this. Uh, there's a Bible verse in Ephesians that talks about how we're his masterpiece. And I was thinking about this painting that of uh, somebody painting the Pope, but the Pope had fallen asleep and the artist was scratching their head trying to figure out how do I make them look awake? And I'm like, oh, that'll preach. And so <laughs> that's part of my very loud time. Uh, uh, the talk of, about how pain and persistence go together. But what I'll do is I'll, I know this sounds so OCD, but I've been at this for 20 years. I have a document with 1.6 million words in it, alphabetically. Everything I think about, everything. Wow. Is that weird or what? Is it backed That's up? To, is it backed up, Bob? Yeah. You have that on iCloud, I hope? No, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but that idea of saying, you know, why you're doing what you're doing. Uh, and that, causes me to be very centered for the day uh, and then I launch out in the day. I'll do uh, uh, wherever. I'm just meeting with some people later and then I think tomorrow I'm off to Indiana or something. So it's crazy. But that those are the, like for each of us, I would encourage your listeners, find some routines, some rituals. Ask why you're doing what you're doing because uh, if you're doing it for the wrong reason, if it doesn't give you a sense of love and purpose and connection and it isn't teasing out more authentic relationships. And I'd substitute in a couple of little new um, habits. I love that. Well, I want to just thank you for being available because I know you're available to many people and I appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. And I think people are going to really be excited to hear your message and just I, I know that once people do know about you, it's like, yeah, of course, Bob. But when you, I'm excited to share what you talk about with new people. So thank you uh, so well, much. Thanks for connecting. And I think you're doing beautiful things. I really enjoyed our time together. Not only now, but the other times that we've met, you're just living a really beautiful life. And you want other people to be living into it. You're not trying to manipulate people, tell them what they ought to do. You're just reminding them of who they could be. Well, thank and, you. Uh, I appreciate it. So, Thank you. And then one of these days, I would love to come to your retreats. The one in Hawaii really has my eye. <laughs> when my kids are a little older and I can actually leave the house, that would be amazing. Yes. But, so. Bingo. Okay. Well, come join us. Thanks, Bob. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Family Brain. I hope you enjoyed listening to Bob Goff as much as I enjoyed talking with him. I want to thank Game Day Media for producing this podcast. And if you'd like to be part of the Family Brain community, we have a Facebook group. Just look up Family Brain Podcast and I can add you to that group. I also am on Instagram, Family Brain Podcast. And I have a website, familybrainpodcast.com. So we have all backup episodes of that if you want to check out some of the previous episodes. And I hope this episode will help you love yourself and others better. Thanks.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.